The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Huckabye is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabye. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jeff Atkinson, CEO of Huckabye. And this week, we're going to dig into various ways to think about optimizing content for search engines. Joining me is Damon Burton, who is the founder of SEO National, which is an international search engine marketing company that's worked with both Inc. 5000 and Shark Tank featured businesses alike. Having started his business right before the 2008 recession, Damon is familiar with navigating and growing a business during confusing times, including tripling revenue during the recent pandemic. Since founding his company, SEO National, in 2007, Damon has been featured in publications including Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, BuzzFeed, and USA Weekly as he helps big and small clients make more in a month than they used to in a year. And today, Damon and I are going to discuss Content is King, but are all topics created equally? And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. 
So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Damon Burton, the founder at SEO National. Hey, Damon, how are you doing today? Hey, Jeff, a uh, pleasure to chat with you. You know, as you were, uh, before we hit pre-record, I just realized something. So I've been on this podcast before, but not with you. So it's a pleasure. And I realized why I recognize your name when you're running over your credentials of Huckabye. We chatted SEO on LinkedIn a while ago. That's it. Yes. We've been in the same circles for quite some time, but now we're actually making con- the connection. So yeah. I know you've been on this podcast before. Yep. But you haven't been on with me. So, yeah. um, you know, tough luck today, but uh, we'll get through it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Cool. So content is king, but content is king, but are all topics created equally? What's your take on that, Damon? Well, I think all of us in the SEO space know the importance of content, but where I think a lot of SEOs, maybe some of the, the ones that are newer to the space, we have this tendency to just like SEO all the things, right? And just write content for the sake of content. But there's a massive difference between writing content without intent versus content that aligns with buyer intent. And so that also helps with, I mean, that opens discussion in so many different ways about you know how many quantities of pieces do you do? Um, the length of content that you do. So the short answer is if you create content that's aligned with buyer intent and you front load your research first, you don't have to write daily. You don't even have to write weekly. You can write maybe twice a month with really killer content that hits the nail on the head and brings in the right buyer. So there's a big difference in um, you know aligning your content to serve a purpose, answer a question, solve a problem and attract an ideal buyer than to just write content for the sake of content. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I see a lot of times companies are sort of writing content for content's sake, and it's not planned out and executed to get the desired result at the end of the day. And I think that's sort of what you're saying is you got to go into it with a plan and what's the buyer's intent? What page are you going to put it on? What's the keyword that you're targeting? Would you agree with that? You think it's, you know, there's a great Napoleon line, time spent in reconnaissance is never wasted. I think that's, you know, good keyword research and a targeted content approach seems to go a lot further than setting up a blog and just going after it. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, you using the the Napoleon story, there's, I mean, we could probably break out a a hundred of those. What's the Abe Lincoln one? Like if I had four hours to chop down a tree, I'd use three hours to sharpen the ax or something like that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. It's like the same thing. So, I mean, a great example is we have this new client and the previous agency that was fulfilling their SEO was doing something like 20 blogs a month. And when I looked at the length of them, they looked like they were beefy content pieces. They weren't just short 200, 300 word kind of things. But as I started looking through them, it's just like, what is the intent of any of this? And then another client we're doing some consulting with is this big law firm that deals in you know, truck driver accidents. And so if any of you SEOs out there have an attorney as a client uh, in personal injury, you know, the bigger payout and the bigger settlements are in truck driver related cases because there's businesses behind them and things like that. And so when you look at those cases about truck drivers, this previous agency that was filling on this personal injury attorney, they were just writing content, as you said, for the sake of writing content. They were pushing out blog pieces on how to get your CDL. Somebody injured in a car wreck has the slightest interest in how to get a CDL. (laughs) And so great, you now rank number one on how to get a CDL and nobody's going to be hitting you up for a lead of representation. Yeah. And then the other thing that it does is not only does it not bring in the right buyer in the door, 
it also dilutes the relevance of your site's credibility. So now it not only doesn't do good, it does more harm than good. Yeah, that's a really good point. That example, you know, they're just getting traffic that's never going to convert. I find e-commerce companies doing that where they have like a blog set up that's getting all this traffic, but it's it's hard to jump from reading a blog post on like Great Lakes to hike around versus jumping over and buying some hiking shorts. The content needs to be integrated with the pages that sell and convert. One of the things that Huckabye's built is actually a content, an AI content tool that adds FAQ and all sorts of different content at the bottom of the page relevant to what the page is about. And the real lever that you're trying to pull there is actually this content gets inserted on pages that are like category pages, for example, or for a software company on their product pages, which are where they're actually going to convert the leads. So often you're seeing content just sort of, yeah, again, contents for content's sake. I'm, I'm uh, sort of known for absolutely not being a fan of blogs, <laughs> um, especially on sites that, you know, are trying to attract customers. You know, if you're just doing a blog for a blog's sake, like good for you. But if you're trying to convert customers, why do a blog when you can do content integrated uh, throughout the site? And I think that's mm-hmm. so your example with the, you know, the truck drivers and trying to get leads to a, to a legal company, a law firm. Let's integrate the content, make the content relevant to people that are actually injured by trucking accidents, and then you'll attract those types of customers. Do you have any other examples of, you know, content gone awry that you've at an SEO national sort of put them on the right path to achieving, you know, results versus just writing content? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. There was um, a, a sports retail outlet that we worked with a couple of years ago. Um, we had the opportunity to deal with somebody that was coming in and acquiring them. So the acquirer hit us up before they made the purchase and said, hey, what are the opportunities here? And when we looked at the content, this business was was years old. I mean, it was 10 plus years old and it had 10 plus years of content. So it had a massive catalog of content, but all of it, you know, 90% plus of it, was written for content sake and not for intentionality. And then, you know, you bring up um, AI and, and I think that creates, there's a good way and a bad way to do AI. Even though AI makes things easier and more scalable, you still have to integrate the intention behind the content that you're putting out there. So the sports retail outlet, they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of content and it was so thin, diluted or off topic that we eliminated nearly the majority of it just to clean up the reputation of the site because you also got to think about the technical structure beyond the content so the content's off topic or if it's in this case it was thin content well now you go from a website that we'll just use easy numbers has 500 pages and 490 of the pages are worthless thin garbage pieces of content and so you just dilute the value and the credibility of the website so there's all sorts of things like that. And you know, you brought up a good point with FAQs and opportunities of putting content on the actual service pages, pillar pages, product pages, whatever you want to call it. And FAQs, I love that example. And then you go deeper into like schema and markup and things like that to amplify the visibility of the content. So now we all know that the less steps that you give a customer, the less resistance there is to complete a transaction. So if they come in on a landing page through an FAQ because you got position zero results because you had good intent and you had schema and they land on the service page instead of a blog that then points to the service page, you have better alignment, better buyer intent, less resistance, and it just increases the likelihood they're going to convert. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. 
You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Plus, you're shown with that schema and structured data, you're answering whatever question they want in that rich result. And that gives you so much authority to like you're you've been selected by Google to answer this question or to provide <laughs> this. Yeah. And so there we've noticed because we actually automate structured data and it's part of part of our product suite is if you capture a rich result, the conversion rate goes up because of that sort of authoritative nature of seeing that number one or zero, as you put it, position zero ranking. And they come through just so much more qualified. I have a question for you. This is, you know, I find all these podcasts eventually veer into AI because that's what everyone's talking about these days. Mm -hmm. Do you think content still is, is going to be king as AI sort of dilutes the content out there? I mean, my point is that, you know, what used to take, you know, a day or something now takes minutes. And I believe the internet is going to get flooded with content um, as a result of AI at a much faster rate. I think that makes it hard for Google to sort through all that and try to find what's really unique and interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard for users as well to sort of find things that they really enjoy and then link to them and get the authority. First, do you think that the internet will get flooded with just tons more content because it's so much easier to do now? And two, if if so, do you think Google's going to how how are they going to decipher all that? How are they going to you know handle this? Is it just game on as usual, or are they going to have to start trying to figure out what's real and what's not, and and looking at other cues to try to pick up what's important? Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting topic because anytime we have the you're right, a lot of these SEO and marketing conversations veer in AI at some point. But I've had the privilege or taken the position to play devil's advocate. You know, I, I don't have to come here and say, here's all the beneficial reasons to use AI. Everybody knows that. And so it's it's fun for me to come in here and say, maybe here's reasons to to be more careful about it. Yep. And I think about it, and this leads into kind of your question. Um, so yeah, I think the internet's certainly going to get flooded. I mean, that's undeniable. But if you think about it, especially, you know, you and I and SEOs that have been around the block for enough years, the concept of content at scale is not new. And that's effectively what AI is doing. So before ChatGPT was, you know, Jasper, before Jasper was another thing, before that was another thing, and before that was content spinners, and the intent behind that was content at scale. So is ChatGPT and these other tools better than the previous options? Definitely. 
Um, is it more accurate and more unique and more opportunity? Definitely. But the concept of Google battling content at scale and measuring quality is not new. I mean, it's at least as old as 2011 and Google's Panda algorithm update, if not more than that. Yeah. And so the other thing is like, if you think about how how short of a timeline there was between when ChatGPT commercialized and then when Google's AI platform came out, it was something like five or six months. There is no way that they developed a tool that quickly. So they probably had it long before that, but they couldn't bring it to market because it would destroy the revenue model. Because if, if the revenue model is results and clicks, and now AI comes in and can just give the answer without as many results and with a lot lower volume of clicks, then, then that hurts their bottom line. So they probably had it ready and didn't bring it to market until they were forced to bring it to market. So knowing that they probably already had that, then they obviously likely took in the considerations of, well, here's other reasons not to bring this to market because it's going to flood the market with content. Mm. And so I, I find it unlikely that they didn't already have a head start. Now, that doesn't mean the head start is still, I, I don't think they necessarily still have two steps advance notice now, but at some point they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you're probably right, game on, you know? And I do think that they're going to battle it and they'll figure it out the way they have in the past. But where I take a different position on the quantity of results and content that consumers have to go through may dilute it and make it more messier to find the content. But once they find the content that resonates, then I think it's actually going to help in a way because it's going to polarize. And at least as of now, we all see the content that sucks and is is poorly AI written or there's a lack of personality. So the, the devil's advocate position I take is there's a huge opportunity for people to come in with an authentic voice and tell stories. So if you think about all the major brands, Coca-Cola, for example, they're not around because they're creating content at scale. They're around because they're telling stories that resonate with the audience and, and you still have that opportunity. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if uh, Google is seeing any drop in search volume as a result of ChatGPT. Do you know if there's any data around that yet? I mean, I personally don't think they probably will, but or at least haven't yet. But as people get more and more comfortable with it, it is a ChatGPT is a pretty enticing solution to get around a search engine if you wanted to. I wonder if there's any idea if they're if they're starting to see a drop. Do you think that's happened or is going to happen? I don't know. I, I haven't seen data, but I've had more than one tech savvy friend say that ChatGPT has completely eliminated their use of Google. So I'm sure there's a hit in some areas, but what you have to think about is you can't buy a product from ChatGPT. So the impact is more so going to be on Q&A contextual based content providers. So anybody that has an e-commerce site, probably little to no impact that and service-based sites, but the sites that are purely content driven and have been trying to play a game of just contextual results only, there's probably a handful of those that have had a pretty considerable hit. Yeah, that's a good point. That would be a scary business, I guess, to be in right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fortunately for you and I, we're not in that business. But um, any parting thoughts on content is king? I think uh, that was a really great discussion, uh, Damon. Any uh, parting thoughts on the topic? Yeah, I think the other part that's interesting to think about is liabilities. Um, You know, as of now, ChatGPT doesn't tell you the source of its aggregated response that is, you know, quote unquote, its own. And so the, the there's increasing liability and you have the potential to be guilty by association. At the end of the day, I think when it grows to a final decision of who owns the copyright on the output of ChatGPT's content, it's probably not you. That's a really good point. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. 
thanks to Damon Burton, founder at SEO National, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Damon and I are going to discuss how to beat a unicorn on Google. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Damon, you can find a link to his LinkedIn in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is EntrepreneurDB, or visit his company website at DamonBurton.com. All right. Thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Huckabye.com. H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 